In this episode of the Iron Size Podcast, there are a few firsts. This will be the first time I've ever had a active special forces operator on the show. It'll be the first time we've ever actually ever changed somebody's voice or blurred their picture on the show. It's the first time I've ever heard the kind of journey that somebody has taken to actually get to the specialized unit that he's he's work currently working in, which is why I wanted to have him on the show. The other stuff about sort of protecting his anonymity, privacy, security, I just wanted to respect where he was coming from and uh, hope you'll do the same. Whatever things people want to say about why there's blurred faces and changed voices, they can say those stories all they want. But uh, it's my show and uh, he's my friend and uh, that's the way I decided to do it. So that said, what you're going to hear Johnny talk about today is how he got to where he is, which is a much different path than I've actually ever heard anybody ever talk about it. I thought that was interesting. I think it's interesting for people that maybe have worked in the field, but uh, also uh, those that may be aspiring to get into the field. When we start out the show, it may sound a little vague. I think that's uh, you know the first time he's telling his story and the way that he's telling it in this kind of format. By the end, you're going to hear him touch on a couple of points where he talks specifically to people within the field of work that he does. You're going to hear him talk about the importance of recruiting and taking personal responsibility for that. You also hear him talk about the realities of what it takes in order to do the job in the way that it needs to be done in his mind. So while there are a lot of things I wish we could talk about on this show or I wanted to talk about on this show, I also recognize that we're a little bit limited. But in the end, what I hope it does is sets the stage for future conversations around similar topics with people that are currently active while still maintaining some level of privacy, security, and anonymity. So that's a long way to get started. Just wanted to set the stage. Enjoy this episode. Just need to take a couple minutes to thank the sponsors for today's show. You know, the older kids taught me a lesson early in life, and that was snitches get stitches. We kids wanted things we said and did in the absence of outside eavesdropping eyes and ears to remain private and secure within our little neighborhood tribe. After all, this information was private, and we were sworn to keep it secure so it didn't get exploited in the wrong hands. Nowadays, my private information has expanded beyond that little group of bike riding marauders and now sits available on all my electronic devices. And that makes me feel pretty uneasy especially after having my phone and personal accounts hacked and taken advantage of. The reality for you and me is our laptops are never really off. Our phones hold our entire lives, including family and work, and everything from credit cards to passports contain RFID. All of this effectively makes those little items little snitches. And this makes us all vulnerable to having our digital lives stolen. It's time to put a stop to that. And this is where Silent comes in. That's S-L-N-T. Silent offers a range of sleek RFID blocking wallets, EDC Faraday bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, and key fob cases with the added protection of their patented Silent Pocket Faraday cage technology. This elite signal blocking technology is the easiest way to instantly enhance your peace of mind around how your mobile devices are screwing your digital life up. My personal favorites are the Silent Faraday phone and laptop sleeve. They give me peace of mind by allowing me to completely disconnect from anything incoming and or outgoing, including things that can negatively impact my financial, physical, psychological, and emotional health. So if you're looking for a solution to reclaiming your personal privacy, security, and health, go check out silent.com. That's S-L-N-T.com. You can follow them at GoSilent on Instagram and Twitter, and then use the code IRONSITES at checkout for an exclusive discount. 
Guys, if you're over 30, you're going to want to hear this. Every year after puberty, HGH human growth hormone, the master hormone responsible for workout recovery, performance, metabolism, and even libido starts to decline. Doesn't matter who you are, how you train, or how good you eat, it's happening to all of us all the time. And that's where BioPro Plus comes in. BioPro Plus is the first of its kind non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH growth hormone treatments. All the benefits of HGH without any of the needles, side effects, or doctor visits. Best part is BioPro Plus works super fast, is easy to use, and is 100% safe. It's been trusted by physicians since 2009, and its benefits can be felt in just days instead of months. Here's what else you should know. If you listen to this show, you know I'm very particular about what I put into my body. Over the years, my understanding of the science behind this stuff and other things, and having had my own experiences, I needed to know. So the BioPro Plus team sent me a 30-day supply, which included a morning and nighttime liquid formula. I simply hold these under my tongue for about 90 seconds before I swallow it. And right away, the quality of my sleep was better. My libido shot through the roof. Recovery from my workouts was improved and my overall sense of well-being has been markedly different. And we're talking days, not weeks or months. Bottom line, this was the only change I made in my diet, workouts, and lifestyle during this little personal experiment. And I feel fucking fantastic. All this with no needles, no prescriptions, no weird shit to worry about like when using exogenous hormones or anabolics. If you know, you know. So if you want to fix the way you perform, look, and feel, go to bioproteintech.com or follow them at bioproteintech. When you get there, use code IRONSIGHTS for 30 bucks off your order. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. Back here on the uh, Iron Sights podcast, I'm here with my friend Johnny. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, bro. I'm stoked. Um, I'm stoked to have you in here, and I say that about all my des- my guests because I feel super privileged anytime anybody's willing to uh, or agrees to sit down and, and chat with me about stuff. And uh, you're you're an interesting character. We got connected uh, through. Let's just say some people in the special operations community mm-hmm. uh, was more centered around the strength and conditioning. Uh, also mental uh, and uh, let's just say psychological performance side, but we also got deep into some nutrition. Yeah. It was a really great time. Both of them were incredible human beings. Yeah. Uh, and that said, um, ultimately we've, I've, there's a few more points of connection here. The mm-hmm. world is a smaller place than we sometimes think about it. And, uh, and here we are. Uh, you've got an interesting story, kind of a background man. And, and just to preface this, uh, there's some things we're doing with this podcast that are different than we've done before based mm-hmm. on your your current, uh, let's just say your current employment, things that you're doing. We're trying to keep your uh, your privacy, if you yep. will, and security of things. And so if this sounds a little different, it looks a little different to people listening, that is why. Um, so, but I think this could be fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah. Good to get the word out. There's some things yeah. that I think you have some real insight on. Yeah. So when we, as we get into this, there's, I'm just going to hit on a few things. 
there's some professional stuff in a couple of different realms. There's a lot of personal stuff that kind of goes into this. And then there's, uh, within that perspective, you're an active guy in both of those professions mm-hmm. at a, you know, near the age of 40, yeah. uh, which is not common, I think. <laughs> and you, have, you have a different entrance yeah. into these, in these things, which we'll talk about. Yeah. It's not a mystery. We will, we will talk about this. But um, anyway, man, that, that, I think that combination of things makes this an interesting conversation, which is why I wanted to have you on, on this show. And I appreciate you agreeing to be here with me. Thanks for having me, though. You'll be good. Because I, I, I think we don't do a good enough job as um, <clears throat> at least showing the next generation, hey, there's a good route to take. Right? Guys just get their heads down. They start freaking working. And it's like, I got I to get this done. And the next generation just doesn't know, oh, that that path was even available. I've heard that a million times. I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know that was an option. Well, we owe it to the next generation show them that that's an option. I think that one of the interesting parts that I get from that, what you just said right there is that there's so many, so many people that are, have aged out mm-hmm. in, in some of this stuff and or at a place like where you are, where they have so much to offer and mm-hmm. such a dense amount of experience jam packed into a, like, like a condensed amount of time. So there is so much information there to share yet for whatever reason, it doesn't get out there. Can you? I, I think um, I, we're on like worst enemy because we're always like we want on the team level we want more guy. Where are the good guys? It's almost like the generation before you is better, better and stronger, right? So the generation coming in is like these guys are weaker or whatever it is. Like the guys probably thought that about us coming in, but um, if we want better candidates, we want better teammates. Mm-hmm. We need to go out and like do a better job and recruit to the right people. Mm. And so something we're constantly saying is like, where are these dudes coming from? What, what, how come nobody has life experience? How come nobody has background? I mean, it was, knows what screw, what a Phillips head screwdriver is. Like <laughs> if you're asking me, is it the flat one or the, or the, or the star one, we got a problem. Got a one, problem. We got a big problem. But like, if we don't like the guys coming in at the team level, we need to do a better job going out and like, again, not plastering on a billboard, but, Maybe a small conversation like this where me and you are talking like, hey, show them there's an option and send it to a targeted audience. Go, hey, if you feel like you got another gear to grab, it's out there and here's a way to do it. So I, I, I think that if we want to see a change, we need to do it. I love that. It's like a, it's like a uh, internal uh, mechanism, but specifically it's not coming from top down and it's a lot to ask for it to come from the bottom up. It has to come from like a, hopefully this isn't insulting, but like a mid-level leadership to be encouraging those that are coming in at the bottom level mm-hmm. to, to to come in in the right way and be prepared in the right way. And so that they can, when they get there, while there's always going to be surprises, you don't know what you don't know, yeah. they're more equipped to, to be successful, mm-hmm. both in the short and the long term. Uh, again, avoid mistakes maybe that, that, that could be made or just make better decisions, more informed decisions. So many guys, at least guys joining the military, will just join and they'll just go down a route because of a recruiter and their neighbor and maybe an uncle or grandpa is like, just go do this. Well, they're giving them information that's like 20 to 50 years old sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're <laughs> they're trying to help them out, but they don't know they're like giving them terrible advice. Right. So what enough people don't do is go and do their own homework. They don't go and, Hey, like 
if this is going to be my career, my lifestyle, they need to treat it like it's their life assignment. And people don't mm. just go, oh, well, this guy told me to do this. So I'll just go do this. It's like, it's almost, I'll say a common thing I see with guys wanting to get in special operations is they're always building their plan B. So like, I want to do this. This is the job I want to be. I want to be a PJ. I want to be a SEAL. I want to be SF. But I'm going to go do this other job real quick. And then I'm going to go. It's like, why are you doing that? You haven't committed to it. They're not committing. Yeah. Which is like, it's a human nature problem. But especially with the younger generation, like nobody wants to go all in. Whether it's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't got to go in the military if you want to be in law enforcement, if you want to be a fireman, whatever you want to do, if you're not all in, like you're not going to be happy with the result. Right. That, but if you build plan B and plan B happens, you're like, see, I succeeded. And it's like, you're a coward. Uh, so there's, man, there's a lot there. Yeah, to, there's to, a lot to unpack there. So, sorry to catch the, the audience up real quick. Clearly what we're talking about here is we're talking about a military career. There's a professional military career. There's also a civilian career, here, which we'll get to. And I think it, they both, it crosses over. Which, whichever you oh, decide. Yeah. Um, and you have a lot of experience in what you just said there with regard to making decisions and committing to certain things and learning. Like, that isn't really what I want to do, or I'm not really ready for that yet, or I want more and doing the homework. In some cases, I think a lot of this has to do with getting lucky. You know, sometimes you might disagree, but I think sometimes it's like, man, I could have made the other decision really easily and I didn't and I made this one and it worked out for me. But I think that's more like, because whatever decision you make, you committed to, whichever it was. So again, without confusing people, there's a special operations career here and there's a there's a civilian career here. So let's kind of time out for a second and let's back up and just kind of talk about um, what we're talking about here. So uh, let, let's let's just Let's let's get to know who you are, kind of what your background is, kind of yep. where you came from, and how you got to the table today. Yeah, okay. Keep yeah. um, me on track. Bounce all over the place, but um, so yeah, I started off my career, at least my um, you know civil servant career, um, as a public servant career, as a, a fireman mm-hmm. out in um, out in a certain county. And a um, few years into that career, I, I loved it. Like, I mean, it was everything I've ever wanted out of a job. It was everything I ever wanted out of coming from coming from a um, team environment to another like team environment at a, at a work level. It was great. A few years into it, I was I was having a blast, but I was like, "There's another gear to grab, right?" And like we talked about earlier, um, I saw a couple of things where the war was happening, and uh, honestly, like a couple of documentaries just jumped out in my face. You know, one of those being Restrepo. That a documentary changed my freaking life. Pretty moving. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. A, that was one of the. I want to say that one came out pretty. Was it's been out quite a while now. While. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend people. And but you could be ready because yeah. it's, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah it's I tough. watched that one with the family. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, that and the Pat Tillman story. Yeah, so um, I live here in San Jose, and those yeah. are local guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy, right? Yeah, we're in the city that those guys came from. So I saw both yeah. of those. Uh, very close to each other. And I was like, again, I love my career, my current career, but I was like, I, what am I doing? I got, I need to, you know, um, reevaluate, some reevaluate some things, you know, like, um, trust me, being a, being a fireman is a great career, but you do have time to go and do other things and serve your country, not just your community. Uh, it was not the popular decision amongst family, friends, and people I worked with. Talk about that for a second. Yeah. Like what, what do you mean? Um, was this a, more of a political uh, thing or just a fear for a fear your safety? Thing. It was a fear, it was a fear of safety. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's guys that don't want to see you go because sometimes um, 
it's like if they see you go and do it, it's kind of like, God damn it. Now I got to fucking mm. do something. You Interesting. Know, crazy, right? You know, concept. Um, but then definitely from the family, friend standpoint, um, people just don't want to see you get hurt, right? They're like, there's so many unknowns. And I will say, being from California, like, we do not do a good job as a society or as a culture here knowing anything about the military. We're I'd agree so out to launch on that. And the rest of the country is completely in lockstep with what their military is doing, um, especially the East Coast. Yeah, a lot of those places, a lot of those cities, towns, they, they're they're dependent on yeah. military installations yes. for small business, for jobs. Yeah, everything. everything. Yeah. Yep. There's an infrastructure that's yeah. very much centered on it. Yeah, so I, I was very fortunate. Um, I had two buddies that I, you know, expressed this to and um, both former Marines. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go active duty Marine Corps. And they're like, hmm, I'm the breaks real quick. You got a really good career. Okay. Like, don't, like, you got a career, you have a job, you know, you have all the benefits. Don't walk away from that. There's another option, right? And like, hey, if you go active duty, you kind of like, you got to let that go and you're going to get no trajectory on your path. Because once you go active duty, they're going to be told where you're going to go the needs of that, of that branch. At the time I was, I had a house, I was married. Okay. I was going to attempt to start having kids. So I kind of had some responsibilities to other people. Um, so a smarter decision was like, Hey, go, if you go to the Marine Corps Reserve, um, at the time I went to an Anglico unit, which is a air naval gunfire liaison company here in California and ended up being the best thing for me. I was able to, I went to boot camp as an old man, I went, uh, 26 years old, 26, 27. <laughs> okay. I was an old man, but I love, I love to work out. So it wasn't, I had a blast. You know, you're just getting your ass kicked for 91 days. Um, I did that. It definitely made some people unhappy that I left for that same amount of time, but it opened my eyes to a whole nother world. Like that. I wish people would, um, take the time to get to do because like you never realize how much you appreciate the things you have in your life until you. Like you hand them over, you hand the government your schedule your, for your freedom, your free, everything. You know what I mean? Like, and again, Marine Corps Reserve was an active duty. Um, I got one really good deployment with them and, uh, and then that's where I kind of transitioned to everything else. Um, but, uh, I will say like, once you've handed over, like just let go of like, I have to fuck control everything in my life mm-hmm. and I, I have to have these things and I have like, I have my timeline and I have my plan. Uh, yeah. Like once you just go, like I'm going, sorry. Just and then once that, you're there, yeah. you accept it. It's like, it's, it's brief. Like there's a little bit of anxiety with that, but once you're there, you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. Okay. Um, so came back from that trip and, uh, that's where like I had a blast. Um, he said one deployment. Yeah. One deployment. Yeah, one good deployment. Yep, How yep. long were you gone for? Uh, six month deployment to Iraq. Okay. Yep. What was going on and, in Iraq uh, at the time? Um, that was when ISIS was on the upswing. So they were just, uh, they were just going through and just doing terrible things to human beings. Yeah. Um, which it, it was a good trip. Um, everybody came home with all of our, all of our limbs intact. So that was, it was good. I, I made some great memories on that trip. Isn't that interesting But that that is the metric for success in that case? Yeah. Because what else do you have to measure? Yeah, it's in, in the position that you're in. Again, you're giving up yeah. your freedoms and mm-hmm. you do what you're told to do. Yep. But the metric for success is I didn't lose anybody's and we're all intact. We're all yep. we're all still the same humans yeah. we left. Yeah. Unfortunately, physically, we, we lost one guy after that trip, but it was due to um, 
being young, just being a young guy, man. Yeah. Um, so if any of my teammates do hear this, they'll know who I'm talking about. But we didn't lose him on a trip, but we lost him when we came home just to be in a knucklehead, man. But um, we'll talk about that because I think that was a failure in leadership. Okay. Uh, yeah. On my, uh, at least, you know, at our small unit level. But um, so, yeah, I, I finished up that trip, came home, and I knew I'd, I'd wanted to go to Special Forces uh, Selection before that trip. So I was actually training for selection in Iraq, which was hilarious. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get a ruck in, you got to do it at like two o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Cause by seven, it's like so, 150 degrees. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, what are you doing? To yeah. yourself? So, uh, there was a pretty slippery slope as far as, um, my training schedule was like the balance work team training, like training your guys. And then I'm like, all right, I got my program. So I got to get a 10 mile in. So, Guess I'm waking up at one. Let's talk about the program for a second. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about the programming. Like, obviously, anybody that's going in through one of these processes, they know there's going to be a heat. There's obviously a massive physical component mm -hmm. to it. And there, there's, in, I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of really great coaches or people that have been part of this process. And, and they talk about a one to two year preparation to get ready for this. Minimal. Yeah. And you're talking about doing this while being deployed. Mm -hmm. And, a lot of folks will just kind of latch on to some program they heard about from somewhere in some, you know, whether it's on social media or they heard that this guy or this ex guy that used to do what you want to do, um, put out this program and, and whatever else. Where did you come into that process? Yeah. Um, good question. And this is where a lot of guys get it wrong. Um, cause they'll just one, they'll program hop, right. Which don't get me started. Oh, right. Because that's all, start, that's, that's I'm, been a huge topic I'm of conversation. Start, I'm start breaking shit. Like, the worst thing that, like, the best thing we're good at is like, oh, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm going to. Feelings. How do you know it didn't do it for you? You didn't finish it. Fuck. So, um, anyways, at the time I was, um, I was paying for programming. It, I, I think, I think I was, uh, I think I was so diligent in that. It was twofold. I had more on the line than the average, like, I had somebody I had to like, I couldn't do this twice. You know what I mean? Like go to selection and fail and come back. Go to select, like be broken. Like I have an employer that wants me to come back to work. I had like a mortgage, a wife, like I had big life responsibilities where I couldn't just go, oh, well, I'll just do this program and hopefully it works. And it, like, I didn't want to go and survive. I wanted to thrive. Interesting. So that, and I think my whole life, I just had like an unhealthy obsession with the details. Okay. Using that quote from somebody else, but like, in this line of work, it really helps. Yeah, it's a, in your personal life, it's terrible. It, yeah, it might be a like, character flaw. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, in this yeah, case, it, it, it's a feather in the cap. It'll make a wife and ex-wife really quick. But, <laughs> but like in this line of work, it's like, oh yeah, everything's good because I know you're squared it's in, away. It's in the details, right? You're squared yeah, away. So, I, again, though, I think a lot of guys will do a half-ass program because they'll maybe oh I failed because they blamed it on the program. The program was overtrained me. Like, well, like did you research who wrote it? How many guys have they gone through selection? What selection have they been through that selection? Like, dude, people don't want to do the work anymore. This goes back to what, where we started with this. Yeah. And where, like, you listen to guys like, um, you can hear Andy Stump talk about going to Buds. There was nothing on the internet. Internet wasn't a thing. There's a book. And the guy didn't talk about, like, so now there's so much information out there. I think it's like paralysis by analysis. Guys are trying to game Buds. Guys are trying to game selection buds okay. like w w the whatever like whatever course you want to go to it's like what if you just 
put your head down, showed up, and went to work. Just do it. You know, and people are just, they can't fathom. It's like, I, there's no way the, it's within me. There's no way. It's like, no, it is. Just go I have to work. know the exact answer. I have to know the exact answer. And it have to be guaranteed an outcome. And that's what's funny too, is those guys get like, if you go to special force assessment selection, you will get personality tests while you're there. This is nothing new. Yeah, right. new. Yeah, not everybody, everybody knows about this shit. Yeah. 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 They're trying to make sure like, you got your marbles up here, right? Um, and there are people who do not do good in society if they don't know the end state. Mm -hmm. Like they want to know if I do this job, I'm making this money. If I do this thing, this is when it ends. Nobody rarely will be like, I'm just going to do this thing and hope for the best. Hope for the best. Or like, like it's so funny too. Cause when you, even when I was like, I thought I was pretty like up on, I thought like I was like pretty squared away on what the entire timeline of pipeline was going to be. And then I passed the lecture. I'm like, sweet. Select, we're selected. We're good. I think I just like learned some stuff about guns and I'm on a team. The Q course was like, hasn't even started yet. No, like I look back and like selection is like a drop in the bucket. The qualification course on the special forces side is uh, it's a, it's a bear. That's what we hear. It's like times 100. So in my mind, like I thought, like, Oh, we're good. So like looking back on that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think ignorance is bliss sometimes, but like, there's things you can control within yourself, like your mental and physical preparation. Control that, stay within those, and just keep showing up until they tell you not to show up anymore. And people don't want to do that anymore. People are like, yeah, but. And I'm like, no, yeah, but. Just be crazy enough. I don't know if you want to call it crazy or just like, don't care. Just show up and work. Yeah, it's relentlessly committed. It's almost, it's obsessive, yes. right? Like, yeah, and, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong case. with that. And people, I was having this conversation with somebody like, two weeks ago and they're like, I don't know if obsessive is the best word. I'm like, if you obsess, adjust, I'm going to do this thing and nothing will stop me. You'll make the correct adjustments to You'll get make the adjustments. You get that. So like people don't, well, they don't do I, it. I think but. if people can't, can't hang, then they'll, they'll, they'll drop out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I use them quite frequently too. It's one of my favorite words coming back to the, people of being obsessive, committing to something, sticking through it to the end. I think particularly in the younger generations, and I'm an old guy now, so I, you know, I, I understand how this comes across to the young guy or the young yeah. people. And that's, uh, it's just the old man in him. And you know, it's always, it was always harder in the past. Yeah. The newer guys always have it easier. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there's a lot of fucking participation trophies out there. Yeah. And you don't have to commit to anything to get a participation trophy. Yeah, you just got to show up. You don't yeah. have to obsess over it. In some cases, you don't even have to show up, right? You can still get a participation trophy if you were just kind of around. And I think that speaks to, to, to kind of what you were just saying right there and why a lot of people just aren't cut out for doing hard things because they weren't conditioned to do hard things at any point in their life. But coming back to the... Uh, coming back to the programming piece and just getting fit, you were planning on going to selection. So you knew you had to put in work and you were doing it on deployment, which, which is tough or could be tough when, with all the things you're trying to balance. You also mentioned this other job thing, right? And all the stuff with the fire service that you're going to have to go back to. How does this play out for you, man? So you do your deployment, you come back. Are you, is at that point your, um, your commitment to, uh, the the Marine Corps is going to be over or 
is that dependent on whether or not you get through really the Q story. course? Yeah, it's a funny story. Um, so now... Or selection, sorry. I, I don't know. I know now the Marine Corps will allow you as a Marine to go to special uh, SFAS. Mm-hmm. If you pass, then then you'll come back to the Marine Corps, you'll go back to your unit, and then they'll, I believe they'll let you go back to the Army. I didn't do it that way. I, um, I had like a year left on my contract. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like, my leadership was changing. Mm-hmm. A couple guys were getting on my team. It just wasn't going to be the place for me. And um, one way or another, you needed to get out of there. Yeah. Okay. And that is, it wasn't, it wasn't being a Green Beret. Like, I might, I love my time there. I always love being a Marine, but like, my time was up. Time to move on. And um, so I went and <laughs> at the time, I won't say his name, but he's like, hey, I know what you're going to go do. Um, you need to pass because if you come back and you're not like, it's not going to be life's going to be hell. And you'll talk to guys like in uh, ranger regiment or like other competitive, um, branches or teams. Like you don't, you don't want to try and get out of the lobster tank and have to come back in. <laughs> it ain't going to be good for you. Dude. So I, uh, I went and in, uh, again, I'm a national guardsman. Um, so you, when you go, uh, you have to try out for that specific state. Okay. So we call it like a tryout. The real term for it is special forces readiness exercise, I believe. Mm-hmm. I might be that wrong. A readiness evaluation. But it's like a two-day, like, hey, show up. These are the metrics you need to hit. And you're evaluated by cadre. You're bored at the end. And if you got what it takes, then you're brought on to the unit in a trained team capacity. And it's like, hey, are you worth spending the money on? You send there. So what are these metrics? Are we talking like fitness, uh, yep. psych, psych probably uh, in there? Yeah. Uh, no, a little bit of psych. Little bit of, I mean, but yeah, no, uh, no, it's really like it's, it, ha- it has changed. Uh, the one I did was like two and a half, three days, or at least it felt that way. Um, the metrics are you'll do um, like your basic army PFT test. So um, two mile run and under 1330. Um Push-ups and sit-ups, two minutes, push-ups, sit-ups, um, which I don't know the numbers right now. Um, to be competitive, you want to be in the 80s and 100s. Everybody, I guess another thing I drives me crazy is everybody asks, what's the minimum? That shouldn't be your <laughs> fucking question. The minimum? Like, really? But there is a minimum you need to hit. If you want to be competitive, you need to be in, in the high the high 80s and uh, 100s. Some dead hang pull-ups. You need to be able to do like a 30 foot rope, 30, 40 foot rope climb. Um, and then we do five mile run, the 12 mile ruck. Five mile run needs to be sub 40 minutes. And the 12 mile ruck needs to be um, sub three hours, three, three hours of cutoff. Uh, I want to say at the evaluation, you get 45 dry, which is, it sounds, it, it's extremely light. You get the selections can be a lot heavier than that. Huh. Like double. Yeah. So, um, but those are good metrics. And the problem is guys see like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And they try to train all those mm. metrics mm-hmm. in 90 days. And they usually show up crushing two of them and then just ruining themselves. Right. Where it's like, hey, people don't have patience anymore especially when it comes to working out. It's a marathon, man. It, it, it yeah. is. It's a marathon. And like, like we can get into it too, but like just being disciplined with like your food, your sleep, your training, like you can't do the job if you just work out when you have time. 
you don't eat right when you have time. Like, no, you know, you're on the road. Mm-hmm. You're going to make the food. You're going to carry the food. Like if I'm flying coast to coast, I'm in an airplane five hours that day. I'm carrying three meals with me. Right. Call me a freaking nerd. I don't care, but I'm not you, right. <laughs> you know, like eating a donut, you know, or whatever you're going to find at an airport. Anyways, I'm getting distracted. No, no, you're not. I mean, you're talking about the realities of what it takes in order to get to even begin to get to where you are. Yeah, And and you can do those things and survive it. Or would you do it and thrive? That was the, that was, that was a key term. And be able to do your job once you get there. Like what people don't realize is like, you're going to do all these things and then they're going to look, they're going to evaluate. Okay, cool. What was your time? What are you able to do now that the event is done? Mm -hmm. And if you are just, Thrash chicken wire canoe, mm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> like what are, we, what are we doing here? And then you get boarded. So you like guys interview, you ask you some live questions, some professional questions, you know, stuff like that. Um, but so you it, could have made it through all this physical stuff and still not, you know, yeah, still you're not, just not good not, teammate. Like guys not. ask you, like, it, it's funny. You sit a young man down these days and be like, Hey, give me three of your, don't give me your best, like three characteristics. What are your, worst ones and why and just and and i've very early in my career i got that question i was like oh dang and in my head the panel's looking at me and i'm like well i can't tell them the truth when i'm really bad at because i'm not gonna know like i'm a procrastinator <laughs> you know so you're like oh, i'm bad at public speaking and they're like eh, wrong right. something else and so you're like as a young man like i'll say guys like or maybe just, you know, any man in general has a hard time going like, this is what I fucking really suck at. And here's why. Because they're afraid, well, you guys aren't going to want me as a teammate. But if you were to like sit there and just fall on the freaking sword, be like, this is what I suck at. Okay, what are you going to fix it? Well, I'm doing this. Sweet. That's what you want out of a teammate. Like raw honesty, feedback. Interesting. Like critical. Um I'll tell you what, what I love what we do at the team level is you always do like some type of hot wash or AAR after everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be some huge mission. It could be like, hey, we flew from this country to this country. What went right, what went wrong? You know what I mean? There's things you could think about that you can always do better um, that will and eventually make you a better teammate, a, like a better planner, a better, you know, like a re- rehearsal. Um, again, I got off freaking topic, but, uh, no, 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 you're, yeah. you, I don't think it's off topic at all, man. I think this is all, this is all really very relevant to the bigger topic of being able to balance all of this mm-hmm. and get somebody from, you know, point A to point Z and you open this up with, there is a way to do this. And then a lot of what you're saying is not talked about. Yep. It's past the PT, yep. right? Then do this. It's like these rungs in the ladder and, it very much looks black and white, but there's a lot of nuance to this that what I, is what I hear you saying in terms of decision-making processes, how you handle yourself when you get to certain points, how you don't do things, maybe even is, is, is a better way to look at it. Like, don't lie. Don't be dishonest. You got to be, the first thing you got to do is be honest with yourself, right? With, with regard to like these questions that you're getting so that you can be honest with somebody else and not be afraid of the truth. Because if you're afraid of the truth, well, then you're already behind and the chances yeah. of you being a good teammate or even passing this thing are probably... I, th- I think where guys get it wrong, whether they want to go um, whatever branch in special operations, they don't truly commit to the plan and give themselves like a timeline. Mm. And like, look at a 12-month, like look, lay out 12 months and then build out, hey, in three months, I'm going to be able to do this. Right. In six months, I'm going to... And like a little bit of like accountability. 
know what I mean? Sure. And then maybe share that, share that with somebody like, Hey, I need to be able to do, you know, uh, a 13 minute mile with 60 pounds in in six months. Find a train. Good luck finding a training partner because most people want you yeah, to suck on. I'm out. They're like, this is done. Yeah. No, I no. This ain't fucking buys and tries. I'm done. <laughs> so you're yeah. never. There's guys that will fall out because they can't get a training partner. Like you got to be willing to do it. Again, I love my ex-wife, but like, we, if we ever did go on a vacation, like training's part of the training's day. part of the vacation. Right. I remember we went to her parents' house in Colorado, and I was like, it's snowing out. She's like, we're gonna do. Christmas pictures. I'm like, okay, like I'll be eight, I'll be back in got, three hours. I got an eight miler. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> just like, fuck. So and it makes it super awkward for them because they got explained to their their family. Yeah. Well, your dumbass is doing. But what's the re- what's the reality of this? If you've committed to this, like the the reality of it is, is you're inconveniencing this particular family member, the wife, whatever yeah. you know, at this particular event. But what this translates to in terms of the reality, if you're not fit. If you're not ready, yeah. we're beyond the selection yeah. process. I, uh, I always tell guys, your teammates deserve it. Your teammates and your teammates' families deserve it. If you don't want to put the work in, don't come here. Because, like, you don't want to hand, like, you don't want something to happen to one of your boys because you couldn't do the fucking job physically, right? I think everybody has an incredible amount of mental capacity whether they know they do or they don't. Like, humans have a great coping mechanism. Like brain's just, a different thing. Yeah. Brain's a different animal, right? Like, sure, how they come out on the back end of that may not be mm-hmm. like Fair how enough. well were they prepared. Fair I think enough. I think everyone can cope with what they get, like in the in, in the moment. How they come out the rest of their life is going to be up to them, and how they process that whole thing. But physically, like, I, at least me at my level, like nothing's ever going to happen to my teammates. It's a bit more black and white. Yeah, like yeah. because my shit wasn't together. Yeah, um, and I just. I don't, yeah, I came from a wrestling background to where it's a team sport, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's um, like individual commitment in order for a group success. Because like, you don't get to wrestle with your teammates. Your teammates go out and watch you. And you get six minutes to put points on the board or not get points off. Or not. And your whole team watches. And guess what? They know what you did in practice that week. Or what so, you didn't and do. And what you didn't do. And they know what, you know, they know how you're spending your day at school. Like, are you are you running before school? Are you running after school? Are you coming to practice early? Are you staying late? Are you doing drills? Like, so to me, it's like I would never want my teammates to be like, oh, fuck. look, look, I I wrestled, man. There's okay. there's no participation awards on the wrestling mat. No, like, and everything in life is easy after wrestling. Everything. I I would I would agree with that statement in a lot of ways, and that it prepared me for a lot of things, mm-hmm. no, unknowingly, certainly yeah. at the time, and I wasn't the best wrestler there ever was, but that I learned some lessons and, and most of them were just because I got my ass kicked. Yeah. It wasn't the wins. Mm-hmm. It was the losses or the the tough training days or the making weight and, and things like that. Cutting weight, working your ass off, training, going to a tournament and then getting your ass handed to you and being like, it doesn't matter how hard there, you work, dude. The, the enemy always gets a vote. <laughs> there was also, there was a time where it was my, <laughs> it, was a, it was my junior year and uh, we were training and you know, wrestling season's in the winter. We don't get a lot. I live in California. We don't get a ton of rain, but we yeah. we were training over the Christmas break, and uh, or sorry, over the uh, the winter break. Yeah, there was a, Christmas New Year. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there was yeah, there was a winter break there, and uh, oh, man, we went out. We ran. We ran this trail. And we got back in. The coach had this van. It's like seven or eight of us yeah. jumped back in the van. 
we were running this trail and we got in and it was like one towel, right? And so everybody's like drying themselves off, like at least getting the, the mud and stuff off. Man, I took that thing and I was wiping myself off while somebody had run through some poison oak oh, and it was all over that towel, dude. Yeah, dude. And it wrecked my first two, oh, no. my first two meets of the season. And yeah. so basically the wrestling had been taken away from me. Yeah. Uh, and, the work. and I mean, I was the favorite, right. And, yeah. and all of those things. And I was the starter. I was the favorite in the mm-hmm. league and all that stuff. And I had that taken away from me and it crushed me. Yeah. It crushed me. And again, yeah. was that a bad decision? Could I have known whatever else? No, but I did learn. Maybe, maybe I couldn't have avoided that. Maybe I could have. But what I learned was, is what it feels like to have shit taken away or not be there for your team. That was just one stupid, small example. But that was just one of the things I learned on the wrestling mat and not being able to go out there and compete when I knew I could have beat those guys. You know, hands down, I beat them the two years prior, you know, or whatever. And 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 how to deal with that on the back. Yeah, and deal with that on the back. It's wrestling, it's high school. It's not. Well, at that moment in your life, it's everything. It's not a battlefield. You know, that's what we're talking about. But it does, it does, it did prepare me for some things. But yeah, that was a dumb story. Uh, Now now I'm getting off track. Coming back. Okay, so obviously, because of where we're at right now, you get through selection, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's this long process of going through all the training and, and the process that happens after just being selected, Yep. right? How are you balancing that against all the other things? Because- you mentioned before, this is, you went in a different path than most people. And what I mean by that is it's usually a full-time career person that's gone in, you know, person that's gone through this whole process, whether they sign up for it or they were in contract for it or not, whatever they got through it. And then it just kind of like, this is what happens. Like, and it's all laid out for you. I've never heard of anybody coming at it from the route that you came at it from. Can you just talk through that a little bit? I'll say a lot of older guys that should go this route and will probably be super successful don't. Because they just see, like, I'm going to have to walk away from all these responsibilities and they're going to, this is going to crush me, right? Um, which, you know, it. I tell you what, once I, like, told myself, like, this is the route, I will do this at any expense. Like, I don't, my civilian, like, whatever whatever it is. Uh, things kind of started, like, falling into place. Like, things started leaving my life and things started coming into my life. Um, it was a really hard balance. Um it's pretty, I'm not going to lie to you, it's exhausting. But like, if you truly want to do this, it's just, it's just another mechanism you need to figure out in order to do like, hmm. I was never going to look back on my life and be like, I didn't go do this thing because it was going to be challenged. It's going to be too hard, hard. personal life. Too hard. I'm like, really? What, what, like all, all this can be figured out. So what, what I'll say with that is like, it takes a lot of communicate over communication. You know, you're constantly explaining to people in your personal and professional life, like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. You know, I remember, <laughs> I won't go down this rabbit hole, but I remember interviewing for a certain place and be like, if I go do this thing, I'll be gone a lot. And if, if like, if I'm successful, I'll be gone even more. And they're like, thumbs up. They don't realize what they're signing up for. Right. right? And so, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. yeah, they're uh, not, they're not fully informed on what yeah. you just had and a conversation so about. so what I'll say is, um, for guys that look, if they're looking to go, Especially, you know, we'll, we'll keep this specific to just what I know, which is um, special forces within the National Guard. You have a whole life to balance. If you were to go active duty, like active duty is your life, right? It's active duty. It's active duty, right? Um, and you can you can be a guy that has all those things and go active duty and like you can bring your wife and kids with you. You can mm-hmm. you can change it. Like you can move them to where you're at. You don't have to worry about your civilian occupation because you don't have any more. You have this thing. But... I will say there are pros and cons, like we talked about earlier, to being 
active versus guard. I get a lot of flexibility to go do a lot more things. Um, as far as places we get to go and think opportunities you get to jump on. Um, and you can kind of bring more to a team with the life experience you have from your civilian occupation mm-hmm. that will make you a better teammate. Um, but you need to know, like, you are doing this thing. Um, I hear guys say all the time, like, feel me first. I'm like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know it is. Just own it. And I, and as soon as I realized, I was one of those inside guys. the teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I or, think- and even telling your family that. Because like, at the time, when I started this route, I was married. Today, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, I love her to death. She's a great human being. Um, but she saw, like, how passionate I was about going this route. And, like, th- this is in my being. I will do this thing. She's like, this isn't going to work. But I don't want to see you not do this thing. But that was super hard conversations to have. Like, big kid conversations. Like, I'm getting ready to leave. Are we doing this together or are we not? Like, what's going on? Some marriages, I don't think, have the strength to have that, like, raw, like, hey, we're putting this option on the table. We're talking about not being together as for our lives. This is the reality. Yeah. I don't think there's couples out there that could talk about that and then be able to, like, go to dinner later that night. What's awesome about her is she's able to, like, this is going to stop talking about, but, like, let's talk about all, 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 stuff. All, all options right now. You know what I mean? And so what I'll tell guys is... um you can tell people family first, but like your actions don't prove it. <laughs> you know what it I mean? It almost be, can't be that it way. Can't, that's, that's my point. Like it can't be that way. Cause like your civilian occupation where you're like, and I, I kind of gear this towards like police and firemen. Cause like you, those guys are in a career where they love service. They love teammates. They love like a portion of the job. There's another gear to grab, man. Like, so like maybe go that route and, and look into that. Um, and you'll love it, but you need to know going into it, you need to be obsessed. It needs to be the only thing you want to do and be to be successful at because it's a grind and there's going to be days where you're going to be like, what am I doing mm-hmm. right now? I cannot believe this, but you're just going to grind. You're going to get to the finish line, but you need to tell people around you like, Hey, I love having you in my life, but like, guess what? Like, you're not going to be first a lot know, of the time. Knowing my job is way more important than texting you every hour. Like, and I think the sooner you have that blunt conversation of like, hey, any free time I get, you're my first priority. But there'll be very little of that. It, it'll be little of that. <laughs> or like the thing I would do uh, is like, hey, here's my next, what I know, this is what my next 12 months looks like. Like rough draft. Let's plan stuff in between. Let's give ourselves a day left and right to, you know, mm-hmm. to shake that out. And like, what I'll say, if, if you want to like have a really good, you know, personal life with somebody else, like, you know, be in a relationship, have a civilian job and be like in the National Guard, like Special Forces National Guard, you don't get a lot of like mindless uh, scrolling time. You are like, I got a whiteboard in my freaking house that the four foot by three foot whiteboard. I'm that guy that's like writing shit on a whiteboard, planning out my day, my week, my month, my year, three months, six months, nine months. If I don't, I'm not going to be a good teammate. Right. I'm going to drop the ball on something. I'm not going to show up on something. I'm going to miss something. I'm going to miss like, so you're constantly planning out, planning out. That's what I don't think I'm tremendously successful, but like, I mean, that's the way I make it to where I don't try to like be that guy. Like, Oh, we're not calling him anymore. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't get it done. Or he's overcommitted to something, over-committed. not knowing what yeah, he's committed like, to. Or as human beings, we have so much more potential, but people just want the easy button all the time. You just fucking apply yourself, like commit to like 
I said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there or whatever it is. But then on the back end of that, it takes work. <laughs> like you got to plan it out. You got to be able to like have a pace plan, right? Okay, if I can't do this, I got to do this. I got to do this. So it can be done. There's guys that are, I mean, right now, my life consists of me and my dog, <laughs> right? There's guys I know that are teammates of mine that have five kids and run two businesses and they're incredible dream race. I'm like, this guy does it. Let's, let's talk about this for a second <clears throat> because you, you, you talked about something before about the life experience that you can get mm-hmm. um, that's different going at it from the guard uh, uh, route and the things, and you talked a little bit about what the things that you were doing before, obviously you're a fireman. Uh, there's a lot of skills that go into becoming a fireman, right? And the things that you can take with you. Uh, obviously the life experience too, I mean, and where you are in years in life, that counts, yep. right? Because you have that under your belt. But can you talk about sort of that dynamic and the things that you see that like these uh, guard units have that maybe a you know, some of the other units, full-time units don't have and, yeah. and how that plays. What are the pros and cons there? Yeah. Um, and again, this isn't hurting anybody's butt cheeks, but um, like guys will graduate the course and then they're not just going to lay back on their laurels. They're going to go learn another skill on how to be a better Green Beret, right? And so their time when they're not doing their GB stuff, they're enhancing their ability, their lethality or survivability by mastering a whole nother trade. And so sometimes you go into a country or a state or a training and it's like, you have this problem and you have a guy who's like, oh, I do that for a living. Like, so, give me an example. Um, man, I'll, um, let's see here. Like okay. digi- digital, like digital force protection. Okay. That's nerd stuff. Yeah. I don't like my phone. I have a VPN on it and I turn it on and I turn it off. <laughs> there are people that know how to like, why it exists, when to use it, when not to use it. What does that signal say about your signal and this phone talking to that? Like, and there's people that are so talented in that and they do that for some private company or public company, public company. They work for Google, right? It's like, they are the guy that does the thing that protects, you know, a massive platform that me and you were used to. His job is to make sure like that thing's fully sanity checked. Right. And so now you have a problem uh, with digital force protection and you're trying to like, Reinvent the wheel when he's just like, oh, oh this is a, how you solve this problem. Easy fix. Yeah. I do this for a living. And this isn't to take anything away from anybody at the active duty level because there are guys that are absolute stallions. I'm not, I'm right? not, I'm not yeah, asking yeah, that yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah, but this is just like, I've seen in training and like on deployments, guys like, oh, I, I, I have that experience because this is what I do when I'm not doing this job. Um, and again, there's pros and cons to like being, do you want to be uh, like we talked about earlier, you want to be one inch wide and like a mile deep or a mile wide. And like, and, like, and there's and every problem set has, there's pros and cons of that, right? Like, um, being a paramedic in like some bad, like not great cities to live in has lent me some great experience to when I do go to these other countries. It's like, oh man, see this all the time on the street. Cool. You mean just, just helping out and, and being uh, like, and being like a mentor or being, being able to literally get hands on in a situation at yeah. a level that somebody that's been trained that doesn't have the kind of reps you had, say on the, the mean streets of whatever department you're working yeah, in, yeah. you know, wherever you are outside. I think a lot of it's like, we just, like you said, the reps, like you see it so much and you're like, oh yeah, well that's that type of drug. So or, there's train, 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 train deployment. 
train, yeah. train, train, train deployment yep. versus that's the military. And in the deployment, you could see any number, volume, density of things, frequency, mm-hmm. depending on what type of deployment that was, where it was, what, what who you're working with, what you were doing versus you're working as a firefighter, let's say in the, you know, in some like major metropolitan area where you see gunshot wound, gunshot wound, heart attack, you know, like yeah. choking, gunshot wound, stabbing, car accident, you know, all that stuff. You can do, that could be one day, you know, kind of thing. You yeah, know? Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Ri- yeah. It, and so by the time you get there, you just like, this is, oh, yeah. this it's is like doing your laundry. Yeah. It's another day. Cool. Yeah. Um, got it. Yeah. And it, I will say what's cool about this community. And I, I say this across all spectrums, like special operations. It's like guys are constantly like, okay, I did this thing. I'm going to do something else. What do you mean? Like, um, they'll make it to a team and they're like, uh, I'm going to learn like, I'm just going to learn something new. Like that people are like, it's almost like it's a group of guys that can't sit still. Mm-hmm. So like they did this thing. They're on a team now. It's like, you know what? I'm going to get into business or I'm going to learn my fourth language or I'm going to like mm. become a commercial pilot or a private pilot. Like you just have people who almost can't sit still and they just always want to like enhance, enhance, enhance. I, so I had just had this conversation with the next team guy um, very recently. We were talking about this. We were actually talking about how, what, you know, how his path went and that he got a, uh, he got a degree, a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. um, in while he was in the service. And it was because he had this time, he had a little time because your deployment, maybe have a little downtime and oh, you yeah. could plan out to your, to your point, like, oh, I'm going to have these few weeks here. This is an online class or these, I could book my classes or I could do it a certain way in order to get through this. But part of it was, is what I'd asked him about more specifically was what is the, what is the percentage of team guys that actually get a degree while in that actually take advantage of that opportunity mm-hmm. and, you know, versus not. And the reasons why, and a couple of things were, I think he said like the graduation rate, like at once somebody had been into a program was like 60%, which is really fucking high. That's mm-hmm. higher than a lot of universities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and the other part was, you know, of like the 40% of guys that do this, sorry, that was another it's a rough percentage yep. of the 40% of the guys that enter into these programs, like 60% of them complete it and walk out with their degree. And I go, man, what is that? Why is that? Is that just the, OCD high achiever guy, or does it, is that's just who you have and that's the nature of the, of the beast? Or is it because these guys, you know, what he explained was, I think it's because guys are a little older. They have a little bit more on the line. They, you know, their, their average guys are in their thirties, not in their twenties. And they have these other things outside that they're thinking about. They're thinking about family. They're thinking about their career outside of of things. I I don't know. What's your take on that? I think uh, from my perspective, I think it's along the whole course of um, going through, you know, going through the pipeline and then getting to a team. Like you're constantly getting refined down. You know, when you go to selection, you have this huge group of dudes, 400 freaking people, okay. way too many people. And at the last day, there's a fraction of that. And then you go to your first phase of Q course. And there's a bunch of dudes, smaller, phase two, smaller, right? And you make it to a team and like you're, con- I think it's the exposure. You're finally getting exposed to like a true professional. So now you make it to a team and you're like, you start talking to dudes and seeing like, Hey man, like, like what are you doing? You know, what are you doing your time off? What are you doing your day? Like, and you recognize and you're, like, you're, you're like, doing dude, shit compared to like, these guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, and I am firm believer. Like you should not be the smartest dude. Like surround yourself with people who like almost make you feel like, Oh my God, I'm a pilot. Of shit. Yes. <laughs> like, and I think it's, I think it's the exposure to that. Cause like, 
you know, it's not like the movies. You're not out, you know, doing cool shit every day. Cool guy stuff. Yeah. Right? You're doing like, you know, you're sitting, you're cleaning guns or doing dumb admin shit. And you're talking about, you know, your hobbies and, and you're like, Oh dude, like I have all this time. Yeah. Like I, and this guy does, you know, he has like, and we talked about it earlier, the guy that, you know, you think you skydive a lot. This guy's like, Oh yeah, I got 11,000 jumps. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh yeah. And I work for this company. And you're like, okay, I got up my game. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Like you're constantly exposed to people that are like pushing the bar, pushing the bar pushing the bar so i think it's i think it's the exposure to that the guys are like i gotta get my degree i gotta do something i got like my teammates are crushing it right now um i think it's the exposure to that because like i'll tell you right now over the last three four years like i've had like i'm gonna start heading this way and then like i'm on this team and like oh dang and like ping pong over here like i met somebody awesome opportunity jumped on it and like just changed the trajectory for the next six months. Something that I would have never fathomed as a possibility. Um, so I think it's the exposure to that. The guys go, I need, I need to step it up. What, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, it may be a little bit different perspective coming from the fact that these are, this is a, uh, a guard based team. Uh, and these guys already had all this other experience in doing whatever it was that they were doing or currently do when they're not, you know, specifically being deployed or whatever. I, I, the question I guess is, is what, what did you, what are, are do guys gravitate towards one or more things or is there like a trend here? What are you being pulled towards? Like what's, yeah. what's interesting to you and how's it being influenced? Yeah. That's a tough question. Um, hmm. I mean, I would imagine like there's there a lot of this. Here's what I see. I'm so, not, I'm not getting pulled. Let me say this before I forget. Cause this is going to leave my brain. I'm not getting pulled in one direction, but what I am is like, uh, it's making me take like a big pause and go, damn, I'm not even like, I'm not even close to my potential seeing what. And so that makes me like pause, stop, go to the whiteboard. What am I going to do? So it's more like, um, a reality check of like, this is where I'm at. This is what everyone else is doing. Man, what could the possibility be for me? I need to go and like reevaluate how far could I take this thing? Hmm. So it's not even maybe one skill or um, specific task or type of employment, but like just opening up like behind the curtain, like, dude, I'm not even scratching the surface right now. It's to me that is so exciting for, for to, to hear from guys like you, because when we think about this, all the resources, all the, the finance, right? All the, and then all the sacrifice, all the compromise that, so when I say like resource and finance, I mean like the government puts in, right? To, yeah. to some extent. And then uh, all the, the the compromise and sacrifice that you're making as an individual to do the things that you're doing. And, you know, again, there's a give and take. It's, you've decided mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah, like you, you signed make, up, you you signed up for choice. it. So don't you, make it, yeah, don't make it for me. Yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying there's things coming at it from both angles. And then you have guys getting out and not giving back or even being disenfranchised with the whole thing, right? Whether... That's the branch of service that they were in, leadership and all that stuff. To watch them walk away from that with so much potential and not not understand what their potential actually is. Yeah. Like their identity was this. This is what they did. You know, you went back to like, they cleaned guns. They did some admin shit. They got deployed. Maybe they did some cool guy shit for a little while. And then all of a sudden that's over with no thought about what may, might happen next or what they should be doing next. Yeah. To me, it's such a shame. 
yeah. such a shame because there's so many smart, capable, you know, people out there. And then you watch them try to transition and bad things happen, you yeah. know, and, and it usually starts with having not, not, not having direction, not having a plan. That's the first time in their, their adult life. They've had that because they got in as a young yeah. kid, yeah. right. And everything was sort of almost done for them or there, it was a very clear line. The path was there. I just needed to follow it kind of thing. And now they're, they're hanging out there and families fall apart and they drink too much and they, they jump around or they float around. Or this is the thing that I find actually the saddest. And I, I mean, this sort of tongue in cheek, but I am serious about it at some level is that they try to continue to do the job somehow yeah, outside of it, outside yeah. of the yeah. job. Cause yeah. they don't know how to, to now I, that, that's not to say that yeah. you can't and shouldn't do that because I see some dudes doing a really good yeah. job with that. Um, but there's so many that are trying and grasping at straws and they're just, they're floating around and it's, yeah. I'm watching it. I'm just going, that's kind of sad. Like you're, yeah. You don't have it, whether you don't have the business mind, you're doing it out of desperation, you're angry because this is all you have mm-hmm. and you're it, you're projecting that and whatever else. That That's the thing for me as a civilian, when I look at it, I go, man, I can see like you were really trying hard, but I think you not should, there. I think you should walk, walk away. away and try something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's not really for me to say, but that's how I look at it. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, no. And uh, um, <clears throat> I got two things to say on that. Um, so I don't forget um, like your identity and being a good teammate. So the whole thing of like leaving, right? Like you leave, like it's different than being a cop or a fireman. Cause like there's, you go home when you got your day off, you got your night off, like whatever, you know what I mean? But like during a deployment, like your team, like, you're eating together, you're sleeping together, you're training together, you're shooting together, you're driving together, you're flying. It's, you're never not with your team. At least in my eyes, like I think, the personalities like within what, what creates like a good, like special operations guy, special operations guy is, uh, there, there's characteristics that create a really good thing, but some of those things can turn on you and you don't have the job to do. Right. So what I try to do is just make being a good teammate, your number one priority. Cause if you're like, if you make like my teammates are my, some of my best friends, man, my dudes, I would do anything for them. Um, and if you have that level with them and you leave, guess who's going to check in on you? Your dudes. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of guys don't spend time mm-hmm. like investing in the person that are left and the right more than themselves, which is hard because you need to be good at your shit, right? Like you got to be squared away. But if you invest in the guys you're left and your right, they're going to invest in you. And then when you leave, they're going to fill that void. Like, damn, this dude's not investing me anymore, man. And guess who's going to probably call you when you're having like a year of like, you know, first civ div, so we call it, you know, first civilian to be like, good luck going out there figuring it out. And you're trying to refigure out like, oh, you know, like you said, negative thoughts towards everything in the past. Like more dudes are going to want to reach out and scoop you up and be like, dude, what's going on? Let's get a path going. I I have some questions here because, um, so I, I hear what you say, you're saying there about investing in the dude next to you. And what I kind of see from the outside looking in, and I'm not trying to talk out of turn, mm-hmm. but it, I don't think I'm too off with this, is that there's more of a fear of letting somebody down and they spend more time worrying about that at, 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 the, at the expense 
of not the personal relationship. Yes. At at the expense of the personal relationship. And sometimes it gets to a point where it's like they're self-sabotaging that relationship by doing or saying things because things manifest there versus like investing in that relationship. So there's like a fear of fucking it up. Mm -hmm. And then there is the, I think the opposite side of there's like a drive or a want to make sure this is working really, really well. And with the expectation that if I do that, then things are going to work themselves out fine and nothing more than that. Not because, God, I mean, I hear and see a lot of shit happening coming out of those communities. It's just so toxic. I mean, you've got, there's shit talking, there's backstabbing, there's jealousy, there's fucking around with one another's wives. There's all of this really awful shit. And if it was more of what you're saying, does that stuff happen? That's oh, yeah. the question that I have. I'm not expecting you to know no, the no, answer no, no. to that. But. And I, I think I can uniquely answer this across all three domains, or like fire, law enforcement, and military. That personality exists in everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, I see it in law enforcement. I used to think I like, I used to think like yeah. oh, fucking. I worked in the dude, gym business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cops <laughs> are fucking, dude, those are your dicks to each other. Like, you know, and, like, and then I'm like, oh no, they're fucking firemen are just like that. And then I'm like, there's SF. Well, guess what? There's still like that. There's PJs like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that personality type comes from, I think you do need to have a certain amount of ego to do the job, to put yourself out there enough to like believe in yourself. Like mm-hmm. I have, you know, these capabilities within me to go do this job kind of thing, especially through the selection process. I think sometimes the ego, you know, like that book, ego is the enemy. Like you need to be able to keep it in check. Right. Uh, but to answer your question, that exists. It does. Um, but this may not answer your question, but what I have done is like, I, trust me, I've been that guy where I'm like, fuck these dudes. Like, and I just went and did my, I was doing something, but I was like on my own and I was just playing this negative thought pattern in my head that didn't exist. That's human nature. Right. Yeah, we like to fill in the blanks. Like, make up fill, the story. like we don't, we don't know what to do like to when like it's all peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's like, oh, shit's going good. And like, you see ways somebody like kind of like. That's humans, man. It's human being. It's a human problem, man. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is you take that human problem and you take it with people who might have a little supercharged ego and a little bit of confidence. And like, it's like, oh, I'm going to show them. Right. I think the way to solve that and to take it away from like, I'm going to become so good. I'm going to isolate and do this own thing. Like, at least with me, the way I do it is like, I involve my teammates in everything I do. Like, and at least the ones that want to, not everybody wants to come work out with me. I guess not that's a thing, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, but like, I go skydiving with my teammates on our time off, you know, when we're on the course. Like, it, and the, I say my teammates, these guys are my best friends. You know what I mean? So, like, I purposely put them in my life all the time outside of work, outside of work. So they see, and I'm going to counter, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like go against what I'm saying here in a second, but, so they can see like, hey, is there an anomaly there? Is this dude off? You know, and give them permission. Like, hey, am you I okay? a bubble off, dude? Yeah, you okay? You better speak up. You know, because I, and I'll say this to everybody out there for like uh, law enforcement, firemen, military. I've been to way more funerals than I have retirement parties. Dude, and I'm fucking done with it. Like, we are incredible human beings and dudes just take that way out. It's like, how can you? How can you say you had all these great friends and no one caught that? You're kidding me. I actually have heard, <clears throat> I've heard a few people speak about it personally, like in front of them. Like when I say that, I guess like, like at, 
be there and I've listened yeah. and, and other things, maybe through a podcast or read through a book. And yeah. as guys go through their process of healing, which usually starts with a hitting rock bottom, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that is, and some pretty harrowing, awful stuff. Uh, but they had to get through that to then be in the position that they're in to either help themselves. And then in a lot of cases, these guys help other people. Um, That is that when they get into the process of healing and kind of unpacking it on this sticky web, or let's just say unpacking that, (laughs) that five pound box that's now filled with 10 pounds of shit and they're, they're trying to clear it out so that they can manage things a little bit better. They are, they realized that there were other people near them that were having the same issues and they never said anything, which brings up this whole. So now they want to go out and help that dude. Right. But but they're not ready yet in a lot of cases. In some cases they're just, they're pissed. They're like, wait, you, you were going through the same shit too. You saw me and you didn't say a word. Right. And there's resentment there at the beginning. I think, you know, a lot of guys can get through that, but it's like, wait, 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 we were all dealing with the same shit. You saw me, you know, I was going yeah. through this stuff or I nearly, I've had that gun in my mouth that night and yeah. you didn't say a word that you were feeling. Cause I thought I was totally different. Yeah. I was, I was, I was the only dude that I was, yeah, I was all alone. Um, man, I, uh, I just freaking love my dudes. Um, I make it a point to where it's fucking awkward. <laughs> like I will, like, and I think a lot of it, guys never know anybody suffering. Cause they're like, I gotta be a cool guy. A cool guy shits for the movies. Like, honestly, like, dudes in this line of work, they're all the same freaking monkey. And it's a monkey skill. You just have people that, like, have a passion to serve this country with their brothers. And, like, you're going to you're gonna potentially let that guy, you're going to lose that guy because you don't want to have an awkward conversation. Mm. Just have the freaking conversation, dude. So I've had guys before looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. And I'm like, hey, cool. Just put it out there. Like, I'm here. If you want somebody to call, dude, I'll always answer the phone. Like, no, no, fuck, fuck. Whatever. Yeah, fuck you. And I'm like, cool. I'll, I know for sure, like, you're going to be the Just guy. by that re- right reaction alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell by the reaction alone. And I just, it's guys, it's kind of like you don't want to be a buzzkill, but I'd rather be a buzzkill for 30 seconds than be at your funeral. You know, see your kids grow up without their dad. Um, but, uh, man, I was going to say something about commitment. What else were we talking about? Oh, being your identity. Man. Yeah, you mentioned like, that. Yeah, like, I like when I'm around my family, I don't talk about, not, it's nothing secret. I'm just like, I'm not going to show up and just like, let me vomit on you about this stuff. Where like, you been, what you been doing, all yeah, that Yeah, let's talk about freaking, like, I don't like, something's going to like, they just don't want to know, like, every time you show up, you're this billboard of like oh here comes you know the heavy crazy uncle you know what i mean yeah the heavy like um so i I challenge dudes i know like don't let this be your identity go find something outside of this so it's go find something that's the contradiction of what you so yeah that's where it's like like you you spend time outside to spend time with the guys that are on your team to show them that you're, you are squared away and that you are level and also check in to see where the the things might pop up but now, and, but you're also saying like it's important that you get away from work, yeah. and when you're not with those people or you're not doing that thing, to have another friend group, to have family time, and to all that stuff. How do you reconcile that? So, man, I um, I think it's important that 
I'm all about bringing families together. Because <clears throat> if you bring families together, you're not going to do work, especially if the wives are there. Like, they don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? So, like, if you can get out of work and then do mm. something together mm. where you're like, because, and again, like, I hate to make this, like, so dark and gloomy, but, like, you don't want to meet a guy's wife at his funeral. Uh, man, I think that. it's really, like, I've done here, here, like, you, go, like, here with just, you go with maybe being afraid that it's getting a little awkward. Uh, but yeah, it's but it's like, it's, this, this is, is real reality, shit. Right? This sucks, man. Like, guys don't talk about this shit. It, it ain't the fucking movies, man. Like, there's, and there's incredible human beings doing great things for this country. And like, like, oh shit. Like, you get there and you're like, dude, who's the family? Like, no, that's not, that's not the pro answer. Like, and not only that, you should not have be making first contact at the freaking burial site. Like, you know, um, I grew up, I grew up in the fire service where a guy, like if he got hurt, uh, you know, hurt on fire or diagnosed with cancer, like he had a uniform guy in his room until the day he passed. Hmm. And you know what that lets the family do? Like, oh, we can go home. Gives them a break. Because guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to leave their loved one there. By themselves. By themselves. Right. If you're like, hey, we got two guys here in uniform. He's good. With him. He's good. Go home. Go shower. Go eat. And they're like, dang, okay. It's like, I will say I see like a little bit of that like going away. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's people again coming into the service and just not knowing. Like, right. How do I, how do I start that thing? How do I do that thing? It's like. Go make them a freaking casserole just do just do and it. drop it on a front porch, just dude. Yeah. yeah, like, just do it. So many people want to have the, again, selection. They want the answer. Like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, but like, is it okay? What would you want? Yeah, yeah. what the fuck would you want? Right. Dude, like, um, I think we just spend way too much time together um, across all services to not have your families dialed in, to not have like, all like, Dude, you're gonna leave this earth and you're gonna leave them with a bunch of questions. Come on, bro. Like, do the work, do the homework. So going back to your question, I think don't let it be right. Like, have something outside of it. Like, like be a good family man, be a good baseball coach, be something, be something that like to where because when you walk away from whatever line of work it is, dude, they're gonna rub your name off the locker and you ain't right. Just another dude. Bro, you're a dude. You're just a dude when you're there. And now you're a dude that guys are like, oh yeah. Those boots, you throw them away. He hasn't been here like a year. It, no one's going to like, they're not making a shrine for you. Um, if you have something along the way, I think it helps you keep that reality check of like, uh, I need to check in with reality and family. Like, because as you, as you know, probably like you get down the rabbit hole, like super obsessive or passionate about something. People in your personal life are going like, I don't to call it. Like he's, he's busy. He's busy. So guess what? Or your family stopped calling you because like, they just don't want to bug you. Not that they don't want to talk to you, but they're not going to interject. So it's like, if you don't have something outside of that, you're not going to, and again, your personal time's out there, like your, your scrolling time on whatever Instagram page or whatever. If you're going to be doing both, I think you have a healthier outcome on the back end, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think enough guys do that to like not be that that thing that they used to be for the rest of like that's a miserable existence go do something else well it's also an impossible existence the way i see it yeah that's that's who you were yeah. no it's not even who you were it's what you did which is now part of who you are now but yeah. and it's okay to go do like what's next yeah just go 
crush life with something else. What now? Yeah. And, and also, don't expect to be successful at those things. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's another thing that I see. Like, a lot of young, this is, there's men and women in this, in this conversation, you know, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about family, you're talking about fire service, LEO, military. Um, I think, you know, people get into it at a certain point in life. You had already had a few years under your belt, right? Yeah. And so there's a little bit of a different perspective coming from that. And then there's also been the back and forth. And I have to imagine like being in the guard and doing some of it sometimes and then having the opportunity to get out of it for a little while. And whether you like it or not, have yes. to be completely switched off from it because you have to focus on this other job, this other yeah. thing that you're doing. There's got to be an advantage to there to that at some level, but there may be some, and I think yeah. maybe I alluded to this before. There, there may be some cons to this, you know, when you when it comes to team life and team yeah. duties and things like that. But if everybody's doing that, you know, on the team, yeah. like then everybody can kind of relate to that. It's not one guy who goes away for six weeks and then he comes back. It's you know everybody's doing and understands what that uh, that process sort of looks like. Yeah, uh, but. There has to, so there's some advantages, I guess, is what I'm what I'm saying. There has to be some, but there also maybe has to be some cons that come into that with regard to doing the job. And yeah, I don't know what you, can you say about that. You lose continuity. You lose like if you're not. I mean, if you're not together every day, like in your normal your normal guard schedule, you know, you, as a team, you'll train. You know, um, it, a team can train as much as they want. You know, so you could you could be training. You know, throughout the entire year, right? Um, blocks of time and you can make those times super concentrated mm-hmm. and then you're not seeing your team for two, three weeks and then you're going to see them again for another three weeks and you're going to see them for two weeks and it's, you get a lot of freedom at the guard level to work as hard as you want and enhance like lethality and survivability of your ODA to be mission ready at like all your metal tasks now, missing essential uh, task. Um, but yeah, I guess because I mean I can't speak to it. I'm gonna on, on active duty like from full time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would assume like there's just like you're in lockstep, right? You guys are showing up to work every day. Like it's I would assume it's all like going to the firehouse. Like I see those guys every shift. Like that's my thing. Like I I know like we're snapping a pop it on a, on a on a on a fire or a good call. Like we're not talking because mm-hmm. we got so many. It's like a dance, right? right? It's, just, it's just yeah. It's like we're just going. So I would assume like um, it's a trade-off between getting people with um, like second and third jobs and life experience that can enhance a team, but then also like not being working together every day, you you might have to like knock some rust off on some things. Um, but man, for somebody who, I feel it's an incredible opportunity for somebody who feels like they got another gear grab. And they're like, man, I just, I, you know how many times I've had guys come to me and go, I wish I freaking served them. Go fucking sign up. Oh, I got a family. Like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, like there's these opportunities out there. You just got to hunt them down and you got to find them. And you got, I'll say this right now. You got to want to do it. If you go in, if you go into this thing, like one foot in the door, one foot out, because you like want to preserve whatever's left of, you know, whatever, whatever life you have, you're going to have like a miserable year and then you're going to come home and just, gonna suck is it fair to say it's not about preserving it's about making making life just different just understand just change it like people are so afraid to like tell the person they love or tell their work or tell their coworkers. like i feel that i want to go do this thing and they're like why uh because i want to okay well what's it gonna look like 
you have to be called. Well, I don't know. Right. Where are you going to go? Not sure. I don't know. Uh, how are you going to be gone? I don't know. What happens if you get hurt? I don't know. Right. And so, and you, you answer that slew of questions like a thousand times and you're just like, all right, I'm done talking about it. My head's down. I'm working. I'm going. Like, cause you, people, people that love you will talk you out of it. Cause they, one, they don't want to see you get hurt. They want to see you, you know, something happen to you. They don't want to see you fail. Well, that's, right? they're not, like, that's not their, it's not their it's, why, man. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, like, they're not going to be there when you're an old ass man in a rocking chair, bro. Oh, could have, should have, would have. I'd rather go and get my ass kicked and know, well, I showed up, I gave it the old freaking try, and it just wasn't in the cards for me. Versus sitting there when I'm an old ass man going, I should have did that. So, and that's that thought process is getting me into trouble because now it's like, once I was like, oh, dude, I can do all kinds of shit. So now I'm like, yeah, you're not an old I'm wishing, person. I'm wishing I did this at 18. Hey, yeah, you're, you're not. Like, you're not an old no, person. Not an old man, or I'm not, yeah, I'm not, a, not a young man, but I'm not an old man. I guess maybe a couple more questions, just kind of wrap yeah. it up, so we can get Huey out the door. But um, you know, just ask that the, one of the questions would be, um, you're you're on a little bit of a break. Obviously, we're sitting here, so you're not deployed. Nope. <laughs> uh, you got a little bit of a break. What are things look like for you, just in terms of the, the immediate future? Well, I mean, what are you going to be doing next week? Yeah. yeah, we're doing this on a Friday. What does next week look for you? Which is obviously uh, going to be way different than maybe how things looked a few weeks ago. Yeah, I got to get a roof over my head, so I'm going to be house shopping. Uh, oh, you're a vagabond place. right now. Yeah, I'm a vagabond, man. Uh, I got to get a roof over my head and um, pick it right back up. You know, I'll go train my team after that. Um, train with them for about a week. That'll be good because um, I actually deployed with a different team, so I got bar- I was borrowed. Oh, okay, poured out for lack of better terms. <laughs> Um, so I'll actually yeah. link back up with, with my original team next week, uh, sync back up with them, get back in lockstep and, uh, we'll plan our, our year out. Um, and then yeah, go back to, uh, go back to work and be going to courses and just continue to train, c- continue to train. Like you're always keeping your currencies up. You're always keeping like, you know, every guy on the team's got a primary job, secondary and tertiary. And you got to keep your currencies up on all that stuff. So, excuse me. Um, my whole year consists of <clears throat> staying current, going to team training, going to new courses, and um, doing my normal job. So, yeah, yeah. your normal job. Yeah, yeah. So, I was, was kind of getting yeah. at it. So, so, yeah. Back to the firehouse. Yeah, back, back to the firehouse. The and uh, you know, it'll be great to see the dudes. Like, I just went and saw them last night and um, snuck in there for dinner. And uh, it's, you know, honestly, I'm super fortunate that that is my other gig. Yeah, I was just going to say, because like, I all other teams. So. I need that. Like, I need that in my life. Like, I need, I need to be around the fellows. And so it's awesome. Like, I've been gone. I've been gone a good chunk of the year and come back and it's like, they miss me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's feels so good to come home to that. And I'm super fortunate that I work with guys that get what I do. They're like, dude, uh, the only bummer is you're gone. But when you come home, like it's, I get no flack for it's it. Awesome. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, we're just mad at you because you're not here. Yeah. But like, dude, when you get back, we're going to like, we're going to crush it. So, man, I just challenge dudes out there to like, if you're not stoked about what you're doing or you feel like you got another gear to grab, go freaking grab it. At least entertain it. Cause you're going to kick yourself. You're an old ass man for not going, Ooh. you know, and I'm talking to dudes that are sitting out there in a squad car working midnights going, I like this, but I want to do something else. Go train. Mm. Do it, dude. I think it's great advice. There's been a lot of great advice in there. Uh, I think, 
it, it, it sort of feels kind of weird as people have been like languishing over the last couple of years for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, one of those was obviously we had the whole lockdown thing and things got really weird and it changed a lot of things for a lot of people, me, me included. I mean, certainly life's a lot different now and I couldn't have predicted or projected any of kind of where it is now compared to what it was before and what I had planned to do, right? Or where we kind of the trajectory we were on. But also like the, you know, the 20 year war sort of ended. So there's a lot of people out there that I want to say they may be lacking a little direction and trying to figure out what's next guys that are in guys that are out, Mm -hmm. right? You guys are in like, well, what am I doing now? You know, I'm I'm kind of hanging out. It's not the same. It was high speed for eight of those, 15 of those, whatever years. And now it's like, I'm getting good. I'm trying to figure it out now. So there's almost a little bit of languishing there and not making decisions and being afraid to do stuff. And then there's folks that have made decisions and maybe they're not the right ones, or maybe they weren't fully committed to the decisions that they made or fully informed on the decisions that they, you know, on the reasons they made the decisions. And they're, again, in this caught in this like vacuum of like, what, what am I doing right now? But I think that advice is super important. And that is, I, there's this whole thing about like, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. That standing still is just getting ready to move backwards. Yeah. Like you're. You're just in neutral and you're going to let gravity. Yeah, at some point, gravity's going to Lean into something. There it is. And the sooner you lean in and go, oh, you're going to find out real quick, uh, that didn't work out well for me. Okay. I'm going to, okay, cool. Like, (laughs) dude, adjust fire. Like, you know, sidestep, like, I don't know, something, you know, but I think it's um, paralysis by analysis. Yeah. If I just sit here and I just think over the next year over how to handle the next week of my life, Mm -hmm. it's like, you just spent 12 weeks, 12 months figuring out one week like again i think it's the human psychology like people are so i I, this is a definitely a trait i had till i realized it about me like you're so you're paralyzed by fear Mm. what happens if i don't make it Mm. you know if i can make it go back and do it again like get back on the horse and people don't want to people want to like again we talked about this in the beginning they want to know their end state and every time I've known my end state, that thing sucked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, oh, wait, I knew it was going to happen. I did it. I got what you said I was going to get. And I'm like, here we are. And you're surprised. This is it. Yeah. It's like, you go do something where like, I can't tell you to look on people's faces. And you're like, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to be successful. I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a little bit freeing. And they look at you like you're a freaking psychopath. Yeah. It's like, dude. It's awesome to just like, um, kind of like go all in on yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe like if I'm, if I'm going to do this stuff, I mean, yep. people don't put themselves in that predicament because they want to stay in this little safe bubble mm-hmm. in the cul-de-sac with the neat lawn and the neat fence and the neat, like, as long as I stay inside this square, nothing bad will happen. Nothing like, changes. My, nothing rep- bad my, happen. my reputation will be perfect. And like my credit score score, like, Dude, like, go be broke. <laughs> go be like character builders. figuring it out. Yeah, character, like stress. Like, dude, man. I mean, my incredible parents. Um, my mom was always worried. Like, did something would happen to me? And my dad was always like, "You're gonna figure it out." I you know, know. <laughs> like, similar background. Yeah, like my dad was just like, "That's it's gonna be self-correcting." You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people get raised that way, or. Uh, there's a lot of helicopter parenting. Yeah. There has been for a long time for, I think a lot of reasons. I, I like, I, I try not to make comparisons to like yeah. back in my day. Cause that just gets mad oh, with, dude, like, I got a funny story. But, yeah. You gotta hear this. I was in high school and, um, 
way too, way too cool to listen to my dad. I had a broken gas gauge in my 89 Chevy. He's like, you're going to want to get that fixed. I'm like, yeah, I'll get it fixed. And like, no matter how much gas I had, it said I always had three quarters of a tank. But, you know, young guy, I'm like, I'm sharp. I always remember when I fill up and how much to drive, I can calculate them good. And so for probably a full year, he's like, I want to get that gas gauge fixed. And on the weekends when we were wrestling, he's like, uh, hey, you want to go to Napa? I'll help you swap it out. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. He's like, okay, okay. This goes on for like a year. This is back when I was a really bad procrastinator. <laughs> and um, I'm driving from uh, one city to the next. And I run out of gas in the middle of fucking nowhere. But like the only movie theater was in the next town. I was going near the movie theater, but I wasn't going to the movie theater. Guess who passes me on the highway? Old Pops. Old Pops. And he just rips on by. And I call him like, hey. I go, that's me. He's like, yeah. What's up? I'm like, I'm out of gas. Come help me. He's like, he's like, no, I'm on my way to the movies. I'm like, well, I'm out of gas. Like, I need your help. He's like, so you want me to not go to the movie because you didn't get gas and fix a gas gauge? For the so last year? Pretty much the whole concept of like an emergency on your part does is not going to suit on one of mine. Right. Like, he's like, I'm sure you got plenty of friends. You'll figure it out. He's like, you're too busy hanging out with them to fix it. Call them, see if they'll help you. I remember I didn't, I was seeing red. It probably took me like a week yeah. to realize like, no man's got a point. One of the best lessons you probably That is the best lesson. That guy, you know, love my dad to death. Um, but that was a hard lesson, man. I was so mad. I couldn't believe it. My, my own dad just passed me up on the highway. Yeah, I mean, it just speaks to what you're just you saying. You need like, that. Like, just go out and you, do it. Just go out and fucking yeah. do it, man. No, like, it sucks, but go do it. Go fucking do it. Yeah. So, nice. Well, man, I, it's a good place to, to kind of wrap it up, I think. I, I you know, I started the, the show by there's like this interesting um, confluence of events that sort of put us together. You had such an interesting background, and and I, I was hoping you could bring some perspective for what it may be like coming from the direction that you did. And providing that that uh, insight for somebody who may be caught in that place, like, what do I do now? What do I do next? And how might I approach my life? Because I think oftentimes the line of work that you're in, which is interesting because you're doing, you know, working in special forces as, long, as well as being in the fire service. Those are two very, very specific things that I think people dream about when they're, when they're yeah. young and you're doing both of them, yeah. you know, at the same time, but they both take similar things to get there mm-hmm. to, so to do those both and be able to do them at the level that you're doing and get there in the way that you get. I, I've never heard of that story before. I, I do know, I do have a friend who sort of took a similar path, but is now full-time, you know, fire service, whatever, that's what he does. But at the same time, you're, your insights to how to kind of manage the process and being willing, the willingness to pass them down. The guys that connected us are those guys that are trying to do that because they operated at the highest level in their things. And they're just going, look, man, if I knew what I, then what I know now, things would have been different for me. And I just want to give back. Yeah, I I just want to help people be, to be able to do the same thing I did and not resent it and not regret anything and not, damage themselves in the process, whether that be mentally, physically, you know, emotionally, any of that stuff. There's so many things that go into that. You touched on a lot of points today. So I just, you know, I really appreciate your time and your, you know, the willingness to open up about it um, and, and still be able to sort of be vague a little bit about where you currently are and what you're currently doing and all that stuff. Cause I know that's tough, but, yeah, it, but I think it's important because a lot of people on the outside, when you, 
that have been through all this can talk about it 10 years after the fact. And the guy that's new is like, oh, well, that's yeah. how it was. It's different now. Well, maybe it is, maybe it is. It's how it is now. I, yeah. I, um, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on and the platform to like, if we're going to bitch about wanting better guys on the team, like we need to go out and find them. Mm-hmm. And um, again, like everything you just touched on that like wasn't, I didn't think that up overnight. You know what I mean? But like, it's guys like the guy that introduced us. You see guys like that and I'm like, oh, it can be done. Yep. And it's guys like that that intrinsically light a fire on somebody who has like this little flame going and they just light an inferno, man. Like they like there's multiple guys in the community that like I've seen either out of course or I've seen them talk or an interview or podcasts like this. And it's like that person intrinsically motivated someone like myself to go, dude, it can't be done. Um, I'll tell you a quote that always sticks with me is like, like I am no one special. Trust me, I am the I am not a smart human being. I take a I it, I take a lot of reps to learn the most basic things, right? But like, if you are a common man with an uncommon desire to succeed, you will make it. I think everybody thinks they're trying to become this thing before they go. That's what the course creates. Physically and mentally, you need to be a stallion, right? But like, don't try and be the end person before you show up day one. The course makes you into that. But, you know, you need to be able to hit all your physical metrics. You need to be a good teammate. You need to be a good human being. But don't, everyone's like, I can't go. I need, I need, you need time to train. But don't try and become John Rambo, dude, you know, before you go. It's like, I I need to get fit before I go to get fit. Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, like, like you don't want to show up not a stud because then you're going to go home, you know, early. Um, But like, do like lay it out, create a path. Find people who have been there, ask them questions, like pretend like it's your life's assignment. Like you actually, the grade matters, right? You'd be surprised at the answers you get. You start applying those things, plugging them in, make a freaking plan. You go and you're good. Uh, but I, I, the community is usually like, hey, you don't share stuff, you don't do stuff. But I, I think it's important that guys need to know uh, whatever the age you are, like National Guard's a route, right? Like um, I don't have, I think the, probably the best way to get a hold of a, uh, our unit is like on Instagram. Mm-hmm. California National Guard has an Instagram page. Um, if you search it, it'll probably pop up. But like we hold tryouts, I think every 60 days. Show up, see if you got what it takes. You know, like and it costs you nothing. Just show up and work out for two days. What's the risk? What's the risk? Nothing. What your pride? Just just get out there and do it. Um, so yeah, guys aren't too stoked about uh talking about things, but at the same time, if we want more Mm. dialed guys on teams you have to go out you you got to change your recruiting style you got to change your your audience you're targeting because obviously we're getting guys that play call of duty that's what i hear you know yeah and they show up and they're like i need to work they're surprised yeah what is what what is a rucksack what are we teaching them yeah it's like you're showing them they just see the end result right they don't see any of the work that goes into it and Honestly, I would recruit to like every high school and college wrestling team if I could. <laughs> like, just I hear you. You know, th- those dudes will just show up, shut up, put the work in. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, schools are starting to. I think I, I forget where it was. I think it's San Francisco, where there's some schools up there that are not allowing military recruiters onto camps anymore. Oh, you know. So what I mean. So yeah. it's it's not going to get easier. No. Like, and, yeah. and you, like, you shouldn't expect with that stuff to happen, happening that it, you're going to get better qualified people yeah. somehow. Like somebody's like, going to have to do the work. And, and people like 
disinformation isn't going to fall into a guy's right. lap. Right. Yeah. Because, like, especially in California, like, the flow of, like, military information doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. East Coast is a totally different monster, you know, and, and, like, they're living in those communities. So, if we want to find better dudes, you want a team full of stallions, you got to go out and, like, get the word out. So, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your story and thanks for the message. And, uh, like I said, this will, I mean, you said at the beginning, if this can sort of help somebody through, yeah. through that process, like it helped you when you heard things for the mm-hmm. very first time. Uh, that's the whole point of the show, man. Yeah. So spread the word. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Yep. Thanks. Thanks bro. Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.